Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason, watch us on milehighsports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, this is our final show before Christmas, so we're going to do a little Christmas stuff. Of course, it's Festivus today. We certainly need to talk about that fictional holiday that is so near and dear to your heart. I think the real question is, do you actually celebrate Festivus, where you air your grievances and then you have uh, feats of strength? Well, the feats of strength are kind of on hold this year, but um, airing your COVID, you don't want to wrestle anybody unless yeah, unless they've been boosted. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, just uh, checking. But uh, airing of grievances, I mean, hey, I'm here right now for two hours of radio. Let's go. Okay. I mean that that you know, as I said earlier on today on Twitter, and we'll get into this later in the show. The last few years in Broncos country, every day has been best of us. It really has. Um, it really has. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, uh, we're going to talk about something that happened last night. Twitter blew up with Broncos fans, and quite frankly, uh, at least in a couple of cases, I don't blame Broncos fans for being upset. No players voted into the Pro Bowl for the first time since 1980. Justin Simmons, Pat Sertan, and Garrett Bowles, though, first alternates. Um, How much do you think their national profile since 2015 played a role in this? I think it had a significant impact. Especially when you're talking about these three positions are not positions that are huge number positions. Because if you if you're a running back, a wide receiver, it's just the voting simply sometimes comes down to guys saying, "Okay, who are the who's the leading receivers?" Oh well, you know you've got or running backs, and like at running back, for instance, it was easy. You knew it was going to be you know basically Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, and Jonathan Taylor, because you look and see one, two, three in terms of rushing yards in the AFC. It doesn't work that way at safety or corner or offensive tackle. And so it becomes a little more reputation based. And okay, it's who did I see? And who did I go against? Who did I see? And that's, and that works against the Broncos when they only had a, they, they, they are not on national television five times having the spotlight themselves. They're only on once. They're only once and then the flex game for Sunday Night Football. Not a lot of opportunities for people that don't play against the Broncos around the league to see these guys. Explain to everybody how and who votes and how it's divvied up. The players vote. Players vote. Fans vote. Fans vote. Okay. And is that 50-50? Uh, it's, it's not 50 I think the coach, don't the coaches have a vote too? I think they might. I, th- I thought it was one-third each. Okay, so with that, yeah. I'm going to tell a story that I actually put on Twitter last night. Which Yes, is, it is. It's one-third f- fans, okay. one-third players, one-third coaches, one-third. Okay. If we're being completely honest, fans are going to vote for their guys mm-hmm. of their team and then just guys they're aware of because they watch enough football being on national television helps. Or they play fantasy football. There we That's go. That's why everyone knows if in the fantasy game, 
everybody knows Jonathan Taylor's having a big year. Correct. So Jonathan Taylor was a slam dunk. And you have no idea if you play fantasy football who happens to be the right guard for the Carolina Panthers. Right. You might know, but most people don't know. But let's talk about the players for a minute. And I don't think a lot of people really think about it this way when they get upset that Justin Simmons didn't make it, Sertan didn't make it, and Bowles didn't make it, and that's a whole other story. With that, week to week, guys on the team are concentrating on the game in front of them. Mm -hmm. They are not at home on a Sunday watching NFL Red Zone. Okay, they are they are preparing for the team that they are playing that week. So you only have so many games. So when you don't play, as an example, the NFC South, you probably have little to no idea what anybody in the NFC South is doing if you are not playing them, with the exception of running backs, wide receivers, quarterback, to your point, with stats. And the other thing is, when you go for the player voting beyond those positions, you don't have an idea what's going on with the other teams unless you've seen them in prime time. And that, because right. one of the reasons when why... When you're not playing. Right, right. And that's one of the reasons why players get geeked up to play on Monday night, on Sunday night, on Thursday night. Because, for example... I don't know if it's Pro Bowl voting, but you get a chance to play in front of your friends and family. But you get... But everyone... But they know the rest of the league is watching by and large. Like on Sunday right. night, for example, you know, guys are kind of... You know, they go out for dinner or whatever, or they go home and they're they're watching the game after their game. Or if they're flying back from their Sunday game, right. they're on a plane that's got little TVs in front. And the players are usually watching Sunday night football when they're flying home. They're watching on Monday. They're watching on, on Thursday. And so thus... The teams that are maybe, on in those maybe watching, not always, yeah. and that's and honestly, uh, yeah. that's a maybe. They probably it depends are. how it depends how much how much they love football. Right. There are some guys that aren't going to watch. There are right. some guys that are going to watch every every primetime game that's on when they're not playing. And there are enough of those players to where if you're the Chiefs and you're on in primetime five times, right, and the Broncos are on twice. There's going to be a difference. So with that, you have fans voting for guys that might be on their own fantasy team, yep. but they follow the stats of fantasy football, and they're going to vote for guys on their own team. Mm -hmm. So if you are a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan and you play fantasy football, you might not really know who Justin Simmons is or Pat Sertan. So that's one-third of the vote. If you are not playing the Broncos as a player – you're probably not really paying attention to what the Broncos are doing this season. That's another one-third of the vote, mm -hmm. unless we're talking about based on reputation. And if you're a coach, it's the same exact thing, based on reputation. Now let's take it a step further. Put this out on Twitter because it's a true story. I'm probably the only one that I know of that has never played NFL football that has actually gotten a vote for the Pro Bowl. I got a vote for the Pro Bowl, and I'll tell you how. Because I was in the locker room. This was more than a few years ago. Guy was filling out the ballot, and he said, Eric, who should I vote for? And I said, I don't know. Why don't you vote for me? And he wrote my name down as a write-in candidate. Mm -hmm. I actually got a vote for a Pro Bowl. 
That's how serious some guys take it. So you add that all up. It makes sense to me. I understand why Sertan did not get in. I understand why Justin Simmons didn't get in. But let's be honest here. While it's nice to have that honor, it's not going to affect one bit Justin Simmons financially. It's not going to affect him in terms of potentially winning a Super Bowl. It's not going to affect him when it comes to getting into the ring of fame. Mm -hmm. Hall of Fame, totally different story. Because honestly, I think too much weight for the Hall of Fame is put on Pro Bowl voting. And if they listen to what we just said over the last eight minutes, any of the voters, Mm -hmm. I think they might be convinced that they should not even consider the Pro Bowl only all pro, first team, or second team. Yeah, I think that's that's right. Maybe kind of beyond all pro because that's just first and second team. Maybe what we should start seeing is an all AFC, all NFC as well. Maybe as another kind of level of honor that has about as many players as the Pro Bowl does right now because reputation does matter and players get lazy. Look, friend of the program, Shaq Barrett, right? Yep. He's having a good season. He's got nine sacks. That puts him seventh in the NFC. Yep. He made the Pro Bowl. He was basically on the on the border between making it and not making it, right on the fence based on the kind of numbers they'd had. You know what probably put Shaq Barrett into the Pro Bowl? Two years ago. Or last year in the Super Bowl. Yep. The entire the entire world watching yep. when he arguably could have been MVP of that game against Kansas City back in February. Right. That's that is a bigger reason why Shaq Barrett probably made the Pro Bowl than anything he did this season. All due respect to Garrett Bowles. I like Garrett. I've always liked Garrett. He's a quirky guy. He's a guy who wants to be loved. Garrett Bowles, around the league, people know who he is for two reasons. One, years ago, he would hold all the time. Garrett holds, a lot of people say. Constantly. So you get that type of recognition, although there's a great saying, any publicity is good publicity. Mm -hmm. But then he is named second-team All-Pro. Bingo. Last year, but then again... uh, Justin Simmons was named second-team All-Pro. A lot Mm -hmm. of good that did him. But if we're being completely honest, should Garrett Bowles really be a first alternate? But let's take it even a step further. Reputation? Mm -hmm. Bradley Chubb, who has never made a Pro Bowl, right? Voted Uh, in. I think he was voted in uh, last year, if I'm not mistaken. He was? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. I'm looking it up right now. Okay. I thought he was I thought he was voted in. Yeah, he was. He was voted in or he made the Pro Bowl. Well, they didn't play the game. Okay. So, there so were, there's no alternates. There were no alternates. He okay. was legit. So, like you may see these first alternates end up playing right. if there's a Pro Bowl. So, with I'm that, not sure we're going to have a Pro Bowl. So, with game. that, I I think Bradley Chubb has just become the poster child of reputation. And I can't think of any other player where this is more true. And Bradley Chubb's a good dude. Really good player when he's healthy. He has played five games this year. He has 11 tackles, no sacks, third alternate. How in the... He has 11 more sacks. Excuse me. He has 11 more tackles than I do and I haven't played this year. What they're saying basically is that by th- being the third alternate, the voters are saying he is the sixth best outside linebacker in the entire AFC. No, they're not. 
No, they're not. Well, no, but that's what the, that that's what the vote would say. But it says that they know his name. That's it. Because he that's was a, it. Not only a, a Pro Bowl selection last year, you have more name recognition if you are a first round pick, especially a top five pick like Bradley Chubb. Well, here's the thing. This year, he's the furthest thing from the sixth best outside linebacker because when he has played, he hasn't been overly effective. Right. I mean, there in the AFC, there are 32 starting outside linebackers. He's not better than 26 of them, not this year. Right. Not even close. He has 11 tackles in five games and no sacks. Yeah. He got there because he got there last year. Good for him. When yeah. I say got there, he's a the third alternate. Good for him. Coming up after the break, we're going to go out to Las Vegas, talk to our longtime friend and my former partner, Mike Pritchard, about Sunday's game, Raiders, Broncos, and what is going on with the Raiders. That's next. And in case you didn't hear, oh, by golly, have a holly jolly Christmas this year. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Is this Shirley Temple? No, this is, I think, a boy. This is a boy? Art Mooney. What song is this? I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Or is it nothing? Nothing? I made Tommy eat a bug. I made Tommy eat a bug. These are great lyrics. Anyway. I think there's some sociopathy going on here. Oh, boy. You love that word now because you're referring to Twitter again. Welcome back. Mm -hmm. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason, watch us, MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend Dan McKenzie at McKenzie Law. I got my estate plan and my living will done with him, and, and I cannot recommend him enough. He was patient. He answered all of my questions. Uh, he put me in a really good position. And the bottom line is this. I am making the decisions about what I want to do with, for lack of a better phrase, my estate and my life. God forbid I'm on you know, life support. I am making those decisions. If you don't take care of this stuff, somebody else is making those decisions for you. And a court could be making your financial decisions for you as well. It's never too early to do something, especially if you have kids. I highly recommend you go with my friend Dan McKenzie at McKenzie Law. Go to the McKenzieFirm.com. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance, the Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303 790 8089. That's 303 790 8089. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I'm going to bring in a longtime friend, my former radio partner, Mike Pritchard. Of course, you know that he played in the NFL for many years. He was a first-round draft pick, won a championship at CU, and now covers the Raiders out in Las Vegas. How are you, my friend? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Uh, terrific. Uh, when you were a player, you dealt with some adversity, specifically when you played for the Buffs, when your teammate, Salinesi, passed away. 
But you guys rallied despite the adversity. Looking at the Raiders, they have dealt with some adversity as well. With John Gruden, with Henry Ruggs, and while that is not the same as a teammate dying, is that probably the easiest way to explain their recent slide in which they have lost five of their last seven? Um, I, I don't know if you can explain it that way. Uh, certainly, uh, I think it's impacted them. I mean, Coach Gruden built the team. Uh, he assembled these players, and, and now he's gone. He's not even involved with the organization in any way right now. So that was a disruption. And then the Henry Rudd situation, certainly the tragic nature of that was um, – as human, and I mean, I think you have to deal with it that way. And um, I, but as far as the play on the field, this team hasn't been able to get better. Like they're still doing things that they shouldn't be doing, and they're not executing the way that people imagine them to execute at this point of the season. Uh, to me, that that explains more so uh, of the situation that they're in. Uh, more so than than everything else has happened, certainly this year. How much has the vertical threat loss of rugs hurt the offense? Well, you know, I, I think they thought it was going to be a big miss, but then they found Deshaun Jackson, though. And Deshaun Jackson can still run. I mean, the guy can uh, get deep, and, and he's shown that to, to be true. He's provided that example for sure, but it just hasn't been consistent. You know, just last week against Browns, he dropped a pass, and I don't think him and Derek Carr are on the same page. And that's another thing, too. Uh, when you're talking about picking up a player like that in the middle of the season, uh, what's the continuity uh, going to look like? And certainly what's the comfort level going to be? And, and I don't think it's it's been established yet. Not only Henry Ruggs, but now in the re- in recent weeks, uh, Darren Waller, and he didn't practice again today. Uh, Ruggs with Ruggs before and then Waller on top of that. Yeah, they brought in they brought in Jackson, but really, how does losing Waller kind of complicate things for the Raider offense? Well, I mean, the guy is a mismatch, Mace. I mean, he he is one of those players. I, I call him a positionless player because you know he can play wide receiver, he can play H back, he can play tight end, true tight end, and, and he he's just a difference maker. So when you lose a guy like that, I mean, that impacts your offense too. I mean, it, it takes away a lot of. A lot of situations in which if you were in trouble, if Derek Carr was in trouble, Waller can bail him out, right? Because you go to a matchup or you go to an area in the field, the catch radius is incredible. Uh, but he doesn't have that, uh, certainly. And Waller, has been he's been a big miss, probably the biggest miss on this offense for the Raiders. When you and I did the show together many years ago, I remember you were a pretty big fan of Derek Carr coming out of college. And you were kind of on your own island. And I'll say it right now. I think you were right. I think Derek Carr's a very good quarterback. I know the Broncos would absolutely love to have him. I'm reading on Twitter because I follow people who, who either cover the Raiders or are fans of the Raiders, and it seems like they are all over him. Yeah. Why? Yeah, well, because he hasn't won. Uh, he hasn't won a playoff game. He's never played in a playoff game, and you're talking about eight years. Is the criticism uh, fair? Oh, um, I, you know what? I, how long do you go? How long do you stay the course? You and, tell you know, me. And, you played. Well, I didn't. Well, I think from a fan base. So, okay, from a player standpoint, my standpoint, I, like you said, I think he's he's a guy that can take a team to a Super Bowl, but it has to be the right team. The team has to be right defensively, and they have to have people around him. Uh, to to help out the situation, you know, when you lose a Darren Waller, 
uh, you're losing a lot of production. Uh, and then certainly Derek Carr, in other words, Derek Carr is in, in a nice category, but he's not in an elite category. Because those elite quarterbacks, they make everybody around them better. Whereas most quarterbacks, they need support. Uh, and so I think that's where Derek Carr is at. You know, he needs, he needs a running game. Uh, he needs a playmaker like Darren Waller, and he certainly needs the defense to to step up and and generate turnovers if they can. But I mean, that's that's most of the quarterbacks in the National Football League. I mean, there's only a handful uh, of those elite guys. We've been kind of taking the pulse of Broncos fans around here, and certainly, even though they're seven and seven and still technically in the playoff race, the general sense out here is that uh, they're kind of playing out the string. Their chances are remote. Raiders. Also seven and seven. How are Raider fans perceiving this? Is there still hope of the playoffs there among many, or is it more kind of like Denver, where it's just uh, just hurry up, get the season over, let's move on to the to what comes next in the off season? I, yeah, you know what? I think there's belief. Uh, if the Raiders win three games, they win out. Uh, they have a great chance of making the playoffs because they got head to head tiebreakers up front. You know, say the Browns, the Brown, the Browns certainly they got that one. The Ravens, if the Ravens lose, uh, the Raiders have that head-to-head. Uh, the Steelers, uh, they have that head-to-head. And they have the head-to-head over the Dolphins, too. So uh, I, I think the thought process is that, okay, Raiders, you, you got two of three at home, uh, two of three against divisional opponents to run on the road against the Colts. That's going to be a tough game. But if you went out, then, yeah, I mean, a good shot at making the playoffs. And that that – really was a goal this year. You know, I think the Raiders were all in with Derek Carr included because he has no guaranteed money on his contract. Uh, and then, you know, you know, you look at the dynamic of the team without a head coach. Clearly the Raiders are all in and, and being all in means that at the end of the season, they have to make the playoffs. We're talking with Mike Pritchard. Won a Super Bowl, not a Super Bowl, but uh, he won a national championship with Colorado. Of course, he was a first-round draft pick, but he did have a Super Bowl-caliber partner in radio <laughs> at one time. Nice. And uh, that was on another station, I believe. It wasn't. I know you think I prefer to me. I can promise you. I can promise you I'm not. I can promise you I'm not. Uh, I was like, wait a minute. No, no. That's uh, Listen, you've worked with me. You know I'm the furthest. You carried me. But I want to bring up something. When we used to do a show together, every once in a while, and Mace is very familiar with this, whoever I've been partnered with, whether it's you or Les or Mace, I will tend to needle you guys a little bit. You're more than familiar with the drill, and I'm more, oh, than, yeah. ha- I'm more than happy to let you needle me back, and I can, if I'm going to dish it out, I know I need to take it. But with that, one thing I used to needle you about all the time was, you know, Pritch, that the quarterback makes the wide receiver, not the other way around. <laughs> Because you were a terrific wide receiver. I know you cover the Raiders, but I know you follow the Broncos certainly more than enough. Mm -hmm. When you look at Jerry Judy, a guy that you said you loved him coming out of college. You said that the last time you were on this show. Cortland Sutton is a Pro Bowl caliber wide receiver. Tim Patrick is terrific. They have two really good running backs. But specifically when you look at the wide receiver position, at least in this case, not when you played for the Falcons, not when you played for the Broncos, but in this case with the Broncos, is this truly a case of the the quarterback is not making the wide receiver? You know, I, I think there's a combination of things going on. And in and, and today's NFL, I'll be honest with you, I think the receiver is more important than ever. 
Um, the quarterbacks, obviously, third downs are quarterbacks' downs, and but the receivers got to get open. The receivers got to catch football. Um, and if you watch the Broncos, that, that's not happening all the time. They're not getting sure. open. They're not catching the football all the time. And uh, and so, what's the problem with that, right? And I, I, is it because they know going into a game that Teddy Bridgewater is limited and that's it? Uh, that that's not an excuse for the, that caliber receiving core that Broncos have right now. Uh, is it because okay, Drew Locke's out there, the guy's going to throw an interception or two? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, those players should be able to play above all that. Uh, the talent level that they have. I, I mean, the Broncos should be going up and down the field, and it really should matter who the who the quarterback is. But for some reason, it hasn't came together that way. I. I you look at the receivers that the Broncos have, and you just named all of them, as well as the tight ends. I mean, they are underachieving big time. Yep. And that's on them, to be honest with you. So from you mentioned Drew Locke. From the Raiders' perspective, is it a good thing or a bad thing that Drew Locke will be in the starting lineup for the Broncos on Sunday? I think it's a great thing. <laughs> wow. Oh, boy. Well, just come yeah. out and be honest, Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, look, Drew Locke, what is it, 18 starts in his career, and he's got, what, 20 interceptions? Um, I mean, Drew Locke, you know how I feel about him. I think he's an entitled player. I don't think he has it within to understand how to get better in the National Football League, uh, and that's going to cost him. It's, it's sad to say. Does he have talent? Sure he does, but – he doesn't realize that the game is bigger than him, and, and the moments are not about him being the star or being the guy that helps the team win the football game. I mean, you've you got 10 other players out there on offense. you certainly got 11 more on defense who's supposed to help you out, but for some reason, he doesn't want to buy into that. And uh, if, if it happens this week, then certainly the talent, maybe we'll see that. But uh, he's given an opportunity only because the other guy is hurt. If Bridgewater wasn't hurt and if he was healthy, uh, we wouldn't be watching Drew Locke play this game. So I, I think it's a great thing for the Raiders at home to have, have Drew Locke out there and perhaps get victory. As a wide receiver, a guy who wants to eat all the time, how frustrated would you be if Drew Locke was your quarterback? You know what? I'll be honest with you. He wouldn't have survived some of the receiving cores I played with. Oh, with Andre Risen? Yeah, he, oh. pro- he probably would have burned down Locke's house. Oh, wait a minute. Easy. That was Risen's Easy. girlfriend. My bad. Easy. He, he's, trying to, he's trying to needle people that's not even on the show. That's right. Me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. no, like this no, every I, day, Pritch. Yeah. He knows. Uh, power to you, man. Um, no, I, I think his attitude is really – it's a turnoff. It, it really is. It's a turnoff. I – I don't know what type of locker room he's going to have before the game. It's, it's one thing to sit in the locker room, look across the way, and look at your quarterback and be like, oh, yeah, we're, we're winning this game today or tonight, whatever the situation is. And it's another thing to be like, oh, and we got that guy over there playing quarterback for us. So, I mean, everybody should be able to do their job, and, and that's sometimes the nature of the business. But uh, I, I don't know how you get excited about Drew Locke being a quarterback. There's one thing that, Bridge, you've had a lot of partners and you learn about them, and Mace has learned about me and and vice versa. But I'm going to tell you something, uh, Mace, about Pritch. When he wants to make a point, there's one word that he uses. And you just better stand up and listen because it's kind of like dad putting his foot down because he used it on this show already. Mm -hmm. Do you know what word that is, Pritch? (laughs) 
Um, I, I not not on purpose. I don't. Okay, well I'll tell you. When if you ask, and he said it to you when you asked him about the Drew Lock, right? The Drew Lock. The key word for Pritch is when he's like, he'll say, "Look, yeah, <laughs> look, <laughs> like listen to me, listen to me, look, right." Yeah, I mean that that does come out, I guess. I mean, I, I, um, I don't do it on purpose, but uh, I know you don't. Yeah, but, yeah. When you want to make a point, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. That that probably emerges from you there. Look, <laughs> what are you doing for Christmas, my friend? Uh, pops, I'm going over to see my dad. Right, uh, he's 82, and um, and certainly happy to be able to spend Christmas. I'm actually going to do a couple of. Uh, a couple of programming things for Nissan too. So right. uh, it's going to be a busy weekend. Yeah, you are a busy guy. Pritch, thank you so much for your time as always. Um, we, we, we've been trying to get out to Vegas, but we wind up in Scottsdale instead. But when we come to Vegas, um, I definitely won't call because I know you won't answer. <laughs> you know what? You let me know when you get out of here. <laughs> See you, pal. Uh, yeah, you, absolutely. Take care. Happy holidays. You Thank too. You. Mike Pritchard. Won a championship with CU, first round draft pick, and uh, what you could not honestly—I I say this with you in the room—but but you know what I mean. You could not ask for a better partner than Pritch. Honest yeah. to God, uh, he's not one of those entitled athletes that walks in the door unprepared. Mm-hmm. He was always prepared, always prepared. He's a good man. Very good man. Coming up after the break, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Gambling Challenge with our friends Ty Calcade and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. You betting on the Broncos? They're favorites. And what's the over-under? What you doing? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Is this Burl Ives? No, this is Bobby Helms. Correct. Burl Ives is Holly Jolly Christmas. That one I already played, yep. Did you? Yes. Have yeah. a holly jolly Christmas. I, I only pay attention when they're you know, Hanukkah songs. You know, you know what's interesting is at this time of year now, they've redone like how they do the Billboard Hot 100, right? Yeah. And it reflects what's being downloaded, what's, you know, what's on Spotify, things like that. And because of that now... In the last few years, the Billboard Hot 100 in towards the end of December always is filled with acts who are decades past their prime. Right now, the top 10 songs include songs by Brenda Lee, mm-hmm. Bobby, Hel- Bobby Helms, the Jingle Bell Rock that Danny just played, yep. Burl Eyes, Holly Jolly Christmas, Wham, Last Christmas, yep. the most, and then... Mariah Carey, because all I want for Christmas is you, is kind of the standard. It's, it was on my two front teeth. No, it's that. But and then you go further down, and there are more. But yeah, yeah, Jose Feliciano checking in, number eleven with Feliz Navidad. Do you know this off the top of your head? Are you reading this? I'm off reading the it right. I'm, I'm, That's what I I'm reading it right now because I find it fascinating yeah. that at there at this time every year you look at the t- down to the top twenty, you look and see Dean Martin. Perry Como, Nat King Cole, Jose Feliciano, Bobby Helms, 
and Brenda Lee and Wham. Okay, qu- quickly, because we, we absolutely got to get into this segment. Yeah. Best Christmas song. Quick, go. Best Christmas song, uh, 12 Days of Christmas by the Muppets and John Denver. Okay. Uh, Danny? Santa Claus is coming to town, Bruce Springsteen. Ding, ding, ding. You are right. Mace, you have a right to your opinion. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sthmazda.com. What I meant to say was you have a right to your opinion as long as you agree with mine. And, of course, Danny went with... uh, Bruce Springsteen. That, right. That, that's writing that's right up best. your alley. Right yeah. up my alley. Okay. <laughs> uh, time now for the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Gambling Challenge with Ty, Cal, Kate, and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. FanDuel Sportsbook has the Broncos as a one-point favorite against the Raiders. Are you taking the Broncos and giving the point? Taking the Broncos straight up. Look, Las it, Vegas it, is all. Wow. What a reach that yeah. was. They're favored by a point. I know. But there, but I would take the Broncos. I would take the Broncos if they were a five-point favorite. I think they win this game comfortably. Las Vegas' offense right now: Darren Waller hurt, Henry Ruggs, of course. They cut after the incident uh, between uh, between week seven and week nine. Las Vegas, since Henry Ruggs was cut, on a per drive basis, their turnover rate is thirty-first. Their per their touchdown rate is 29th. And their offensive touchdowns per game since week nine tied for 28th. It's a dreadful offense right now that'll allow the Broncos to keep things in control, keep it on the ground. It won't get away from them. Denver wins comfortably. I'll, I'll take the Broncos as well. Um, I'm not saying we're going to see a New England game plan against the Buffalo Bills, but I think Pat Shermer is going to try and limit the amount of times that Drew Locke throws the ball. With that, over-under is 41-and-a-half. They're talking about a game that's going to be 21-20. to 20. Or, to me, you're talking about a game that could be about 27-13. to 13. You think the Broncos score 27? You're not factoring in potential turnovers on short fields. I'm, I'm saying I think Pat Shermer is going to keep this game plan close to the vest, a lot of runs, minimize Drew Locke's risk. Don't you? Don't I, you think? I've got, the, so I've you, got I've got the under in this game. Don't you think the Raiders are going to stack the box, knowing that Shermer doesn't want Locke to throw? They'll stack the box, but we've seen the Broncos have success running against stacked boxes. Okay. All right, guys. What do you think? And Danny, what do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance? Just in case you missed it. Tough loss for the Nuggets last night against the Thunder. They're back at home this evening on the second night of a back-to-back, taking on Charlotte. And we've got Thursday night football as well. We'll get into all that on the other side right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Something pleasantly pleasant for me. That is just what I've been waiting for. Would you mind slipping it under the dough? Old winds are high. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew.
Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Afternoon drive. It's afternoon drive. Did I mention that? Yeah. Afternoon drive on Festivus. Yeah, you're Mason. Had a wonderful Christmas time. You're Mason. I'm Goodman. Last I checked, yes. Unless you want me to be Goodman and you can be Mason. That would be nice. Uh, That would make me a lot smarter. But Danny's just going to be Danny. It would make me smarter, better looking, but you would be taller if you were Goodman. Yeah, that's true. I'd be taller. At the same time. Uh, I'd have more hair. There is, there is one. What? I'd have more hair That's if true. I was Mason. On my, I'd have if I was Mason. There's, there is more hair on your face than is on my head. Wow. That's true, though. I, and, need, I need to get a beard trim. And I got to tell you something. When I was younger, I had a lot more hair, a lot more hair. But I'm guessing you had more hair on your back than I had on my head when I was younger. On well, I haven't really ever had a lot of back hair. That's a lot of information. But you know what? Didn't weren't you described by the Daily Oklahoman in nineteen ninety four yeah. as well coiffed? Yeah, I had hair back then. When you asked after you asked a question of Billy Tubbs and set him off. Yep. Yeah. That's right. And you were a well you were described in the paper right. as a well coiffed Kansas sportscaster. Well, that's a compliment. Yes. Because no one would refer to me that way. Not anymore. By the way, if you want to reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products, Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, not a great showing from the Nuggets last night on the road, but that's okay. They're back at home tonight, taking on the Charlotte Hornets, 7 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time. The Hornets in the midst of a road trip. This will be game six away from Charlotte. They have lost three straight. The Nuggets, though, night two of a back-to-back. What do you expect to see from Nikola Jokic and the rest of Michael Malone's team after a bad loss last night for the Nuggets? Yeah, can we go back to that loss last night? Absolutely. Michael Malone. Mike Malone. Is it Michael? Michael. Michael. He got upset with Mike. There we go. It's Michael. Okay. He went off on his guys. And this is not the first time that has happened. But I want to ask you. We kind of, at least in the media, accept Michael Malone going off on his guys. Mm-hmm. We don't accept Vic Fangio not taking accountability and going off on his guys. Why do we accept Michael Malone and not Vic Fangio? How many times has Vic Fangio taken his team to the playoffs? That's fair. Michael Malone has, by taking the Nuggets to the conference finals, in the bubble in 2020, Michael Malone, it can be argued, was the head coach for one of the three best Nuggets seasons since they joined the NBA. The te- uh, he And considering where the team was when he first got the job to what it has become, it has gotten, be- it has gotten better. Nikola Jokic has developed and blossomed under his watch. There are enough good things for individual players and the franchise as a whole to where Michael Malone has, I think, justifiably earned some slack that Vic Fangio does not possess. I'm going to give you another reason why that I believe we accept it. 
because Michael Malone is criticizing, at least he did last night, effort. Yeah. Off the opening tip, uncontested three-pointer by Oklahoma City. In football, there are designed plays on offense and on defense. The coaches, I believe, no disrespect to basketball, are far more involved in the game planning than they are in basketball. Well, they can dictate it from play to play, basically. That's What's right. going to happen. Basketball doesn't work that way. So if you, if you say to your guys on defense, play man-to-man, that's pretty much it. Play man-to-man defense. In the NBA, you don't have that many options defensively. That's like my even, point. Not even like college ball. The, the coaches in the NFL are far more involved in winning and losing a game, I believe, than they are in the NBA. Than they are in the NBA. I would say that for almost any sport, they're more, much more involved in the than in the NBA. No question. Much more involved than in the NHL. Much more involved than in Major League Baseball. Right. I and think, certainly far more involved than, for example, soccer. Soccer, you just kind of have to sit back and trust your guys. And I don't think there's anything wrong for an NBA coach, specifically Michael Malone, saying we are settling for jump shots. We are all seeing that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with saying that. And I'll be honest, there's nothing wrong with Vic Fangio saying Drew Locke made a poor decision on that RPO. I don't understand why he did that, knowing that you have Javante Williams, who certainly had a crease. It was a poor decision by Drew Locke. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. But when he did come out at halftime and say, the problem isn't the scheme, the problem is the execution, that's where I take exception with Vic Fangio. Just in case you missed it, Thursday night football tonight, San Francisco 49ers at Tennessee Titans. Titans currently third in the AFC, Niners sixth. In the NFC, which team has a better playoff run? If the postseason started today, the Titans would face the Chargers. Niners would face the Buccaneers. Well, if, yeah, it's a bad matchup against Tampa Bay, even though Tampa Bay is hurting considerably. That being said, I, I think both these teams are one and done if they get to the postseason. Tennessee is going in the, in the wrong direction. And even... If it ends up with the Niners playing the Bucs, I don't think they have enough firepower to win that game. There's a real chance the Titans don't even win the division. Now, they have the advantage of being a game up on the Colts and having a head-to-head tiebreaker. But the, the Titans have San Francisco. They have Miami, which is playing good ball right now. And then Houston at the end. The Titans are going to be a playoff team, but I don't know if they're going to do that much beyond it. Well, I just read something the other day that they believe that Derrick Henry could be back by the playoffs. That's the one thing that could change it. They're not. It, it, Ryan Tannehill, by the way, has come back to earth with a thud this year. He he has as many interceptions as touchdowns. Yep. He's no longer the Tannehill. Right. Tennessee might uh, might they might be sniffing around quarterbacks next spring. So this and coming from this coming from Ian Rappaport of NFL.com sources say the rehab for Derrick Henry on his broken foot is going so well that they believe he is in line to return to the playoffs if Tennessee makes it or potentially week 18 if the Titans face a win and in situation. Yeah, and you know what they need him because by the for all we're talking about with Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry was averaging oh he was averaging about 115 yards a game when he got hurt and i believe don't tell me i believe isn't jonathan taylor averaging 108 or 109 yards a game yes the fact that i know that 
and and you are saying yes, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. You should well, you should feel good about yourself anyway. No, regardless not really. of that. No, look but the me. point being, no no running as good as Jonathan Taylor is. Nobody, no running backs is the straw that stirs his team's drink quite like Derrick Henry. If he's back, it's a game changer for the Titans. If he's not back, they're one and done. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk into any store and actually try out the appliances before you buy them. They have great finance options, and they also have uh, a sales staff that can help you redesign an entire kitchen or you get something to fit your budget when you're making a purchase like that you need to work with people who understand what you want to get you what you want go to mountain high appliance you can find them in lewisville littleton you can also find their clearance center in denver pat Shermer met the media today uh scale of one to ten mace quickly uh ten being the highest one being not at all how condescending was he uh about two and a half you know what Sometimes after losses, he's humble, Pat. We got humble, Pat, today. Oh, okay. Well, we got humble, Pat, talking about Drew Locke. What does he think about Drew Locke now that Drew is starting? We will tell you what he said next. Let me go, little Saint Nick, but you walk into a bargain with the 